first time I've thought this through. And I don't think it will be the last. The idea of hell, as it is presented to us in the Bible, confronts us with a sobering disruption, like a noisy alarm being set off within our souls. When the subject is raised, our minds begin racing and our hearts are gripped. The gravity of the matter won't allow us to simply put it aside. Is it true that the Bible teaches that those who reject Christ will spend eternity enduring the conscious torment of hell as a judgment upon their sin? These are questions we would rather avoid, but as feeling human beings, it is important that we face them. And let me make it absolutely clear, these are also good and appropriate questions to ask. Wind back the clock twenty years to when I was not yet a Christian and talked to me about hell, and I likely would have laughed in your face. We shouldn't be surprised when people are hostile to the big ideas of the gospel, either angry or mocking. If they are open to listening and thinking, they will need to work through their concerns about the gospel message, and this will take time, patience, and honesty. Questions about hell are not off-limits. As Christians, we are to be equipped both to know and provide a reasonable explanation of God's word. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 Peter imagines a situation where someone asks you, Why do you think you will go to heaven when you die? He is keen that we do not sit there silent or spluttering and incomprehensible. So before we can give a reasonable defense of our hope to others, we must be able to answer the questions we are asking. Questions about what will happen when we die, about the judgment we face, and about the existence and nature of hell are key questions that must be answered. And behind all these questions are the bigger bedrock questions about God's character. How can he be a God of love and yet judge? How can he be kind and forgiving and yet speak about an eternity of hellfire? The Right Resource I mentioned that my questions were rational and humanitarian before they were biblical. This does not mean my questions were invalid, but they were just incomplete. Because before we begin to answer these questions, we must see what the Bible actually says. I suspect that many of us have a view of judgment and hell that is more informed by medieval paintings, jokey cartoon depictions, or half-remembered terrifying sermons from firebrand preachers than by Scripture. The Bible, after all, is our only reliable source of knowledge about God and the way He reveals truth to people. Several years ago, popular speaker, author, and pastor Rob Bell ignited a massive controversy within the Christian world with his book, Love Wins. The book begins by asking many of the same types of questions that I ask in this introduction. Buckling under the sobering weight of humanitarian and rational objections, Bell offers another solution. He favors a position similar to what has historically been called universalism, that in the end, everyone will be saved. Hell will be empty. In this book, we will arrive at a different conclusion. But this is not because I have forsaken humanitarian or rational concerns. Quite the contrary. When we read the Bible, we find that most of the teaching about hell comes from the mouth of Jesus, the most loving and compassionate and wisest man who ever lived. As Christians, our primary authoritative source for answers to questions like these 
must be the Bible in general, and the teaching of Jesus in particular. As human beings, we are finite. We have limited knowledge and experience. Therefore, not knowing about hell by experience, thankfully, or through exhaustive knowledge, we require a source that has the knowledge. For centuries, Christians have turned to the Scriptures for such answers. We do this because we believe that in the Scriptures, God has provided everything we need to know in order to faithfully follow Him. This doctrine, known as the sufficiency of Scripture, teaches that we have what we need in order to answer the questions we need answers to. And as we will see, the subject of hell is not something that God has been cryptic or unclear about. He has laid out this matter with repetition and clarity. This encourages us both to study and to confidently rest in what God's Word says, rather than adding to it, subtracting from it, or completely ignoring it. I do not fault Bell and others for their questions. I ask